0: Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, Pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Second Samuel chapter number three and verse one. Now there was a long war, everybody say a long war, between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David, I want you to note this, waxed stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker, but David, though there was a long war going on, he waxed stronger and stronger. Let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 33. Before we had to go strictly online, when we, in our last few services together, I was preaching and teaching from these verses of Scripture, and I want to go a little different direction here this morning from this same passage, verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. And Then I want you to notice the rest of the passage. Waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the of the aliens maybe an unusual way of titling this and I think from the reading of these scriptures you'll understand where I'm going but I want to speak for the next few moments upon this subject waxing and winning waxing and winning let's pray that the Lord God of heaven would anoint and bless and minister through this service today help his people would you pray along with me Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you. God, we give praise unto you. We honor your great name and worship you because you're so worthy to be praised. We thank you so much for all that you're doing and have done. We're praying, God, that you administer this congregation and all those that are connecting with us via the web this morning. I pray, God, that you would have your way in this house. In Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Would you give a hand of praise unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. You know, the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, along with I'm sure many of you, is one of my favorite passages of Scripture, favorite chapters to read. It's just chock full of so many instances where faith was employed and faith through faith people were able to obtain such great exploits great things that God was able to do through their lives and you know you can read a lot of books and a lot of things about people's lives you read biographies especially autobiographies and uh, it seems that there is a lot of hyperbole that is in those books when it talks about certain people in fact, a good biographer tries their very best to, to balance, you know, to try to humanize the person at least a little bit, not just deify them through uh, the writing of, of the passage. But anyway, I was, uh, I'm finishing up a master's program this, this week, actually, and uh, I was writing one of the final uh, pieces of research that was assigned to me and it's about the Jewish people here in Texarkana. So there was a lot of regional uh, research that was done. And uh, then this pandemic took place and it kind of shut some of those institutions down where you weren't able to get into them, set up appointments, and able to research so that you could write further. But we did the best that we could. And, and uh, in all of this, of course, there was no face to face classes. And one of the professors that I've had, uh, he was. He was trying, and it was a challenge for him because of his uh, lack of techno skills, I guess you would say, uh, to try to grade the work or at least give me some some pointers on on some of the facts and things that was in the writing and get back with me because he wants to try to publish it as an article. And so we're going over it, and he said, well, he said, why don't you just call me? And so finally we were able to connect on the telephone and he said we're just going to go line by line through this thing so this is like a a several page paper and we're going line by line and he just stops in the middle this is just kind of humorous to me so he stops in the middle he said you know these two men that you're writing about and he called me by name he said Jason he said you have these fellas walking on water up the Red River to get to Texarkana and when they got here, he said, it's like they, everything they did is just magnificent and glorious. And He said, you know, these guys were human beings. They have feet of clay. And he said, that needs to be put in this paper. He said, so hyperbole, hyperbole is not very good when writing this type of research. And I said, you got to forgive me, professor. I said, hyperbole is something that preachers are kind of given to, just to be honest with you and I said because I preach for a living and that's my main occupation I guess hyperbole is something that you'll have to you'll have to overlook and point it out when you see it but uh, you know that's just a propensity that we have but I want to tell you there's no hyperbole when it comes to Hebrews 11 As, as, as extraordinary as it may seem it happened exactly like it is written in the word of God there this passage that I read, just these two short verses, introduces ten categories of miraculous victories in the lives of these giants, or we call them heroes of faith. I think it's essential to note that these extraordinary events were each accomplished through faith, as we have stated in other uh, messages and teaching from this particular passage They were not accomplished through human ability or science or because of some uh, proclivity that the, the participants had because they ate the right food or took the right supplements. That wasn't how they were able to accomplish any of these things. Rather, these victories were the result, the direct result of these people of God's faith. And there are two victories mentioned here that I want to focus my remarks around here this morning. Verse 34, it says, they waxed valiant in the fight, turned to flight the armies of aliens. First, I, I feel like it's important to settle an issue that is implied here in this particular passage and the fact that there is conflict in the Christian life. Uh, We see that introduced in this writing. It, It is very obvious that there is conflict. Each one of these people accomplished great things and God was able to use them in extraordinary manners. But there was conflict in every one of their lives. If you don't believe that, I invite you to come out from under the rock that you've been living under and maybe you could you could understand fully that all of us are involved if we're living for God correctly if we're walking with him and trying and endeavoring to be obedient to him each of us uh, are involved in a conflict spiritually amen i'm going to tell you that we're living for God and it's not like a sunday afternoon nap amen we're not just uh, we're not just having a walk in the park uh, But we're all involved in a conflict. And sometimes this conflict is directly against the devil himself. Sometimes and often it is this way. It's in the world and the environment. Everything we stand for, everything we believe in, and it's becoming more so is being challenged. So there's conflict there. But most often it's with our own carnal flesh. Every day, we've got to wake up and struggle with this flesh and overcome this flesh. Now, I realize you've been in online church for a long time, but now we're here in the house of God, and you can say amen. Praise the Lord. We have to deal with our flesh. We have to overcome our flesh. But the good news is we can be conquerors in every spiritual conflict that we're engaged in. I like how the Apostle Paul said it in Romans 8 and 37. Nay, in all, all, all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. In all of these things, not just some things, not just particular things, not just the things that pertain to certain areas of my life, but in all things, I'm more than a conqueror through Him that loves me. He goes on to write in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can't do it in myself. I have no ability on my own. I'm not talented enough. I don't have the ingenuity. I don't have the skill. But I can with the strength and the help that comes to me through Christ that strengthens me. I can do all things that he asks me to do doesn't matter how great the challenge is No not matter what I'm facing in life it doesn't matter what confronts me or what the conflict that exists is I'm going to tell you I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me oh let's clap our hands and give a little praise unto God I want to stop right here and notify this church that God never intended the church to merely survive he never intended or designed the church from the beginning to just scratch out an existence. No, he said, on this rock, that's a solid place, I will build my church. If it's his church, it's not just going to survive, but it's going to be strong. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. They're not going to gain an inch on the church. If he established it, if he formed it, if he designed it, if he purposed it to be here, you can rest assured that the church is going to be standing when the shaking's over. You can rest assured that the church is still going to be around until Jesus gets ready to catch it up out of this world. A lot of things in this world come and go, but the church is going to stick around. I said a lot of things in this world gain and ebb and flow in their popularity, but I want to tell you the church of the living God is going to continue to stay steadfast until God gets ready to take it home. Oh, come on. We ought to worship the Lord for the stability, the consistency, the strength of the church. Praise God. Note in our text, and I like how it says it here, it says wax valiant in fight. Notice the activity that they were engaged in that caused them to grow stronger. That's what is implied here. It caused them to gain strength. They waxed valiant in fight. They did not wax valiant while involved in frivolity or carnality are engaged in leisure activities or preoccupied with the pleasures of the world but they gain strength they wax valiant in fight the greek word used for fight here implies an all out war not just a little skirmish but but in my study of this a ferocious struggle a life and death conflict is the way one writer described it. A war. This isn't a friendly tussle or a backyard wrestling match that we're engaged in. But this is serious. It is combat. Amen. It is combat that has consequences. What you and I are involved in is a life and death situation. It has eternal consequences. And the Bible says that in the spiritual struggle that we're in that has high stakes involved in it, that we can come out victorious and we can grow stronger because of it. The word valiant means possessing valor or courage, bold and brave every word of this short passage is is significant here notice wax valiant in in fight and there and the word wax is the verb usage here that means to become stronger or more intense and that is a miracle because The natural course of things is the more you expend energy, the more you're involved in a struggle or a conflict, the more you're going to feel used up. And the fight, as it progresses, is going to cause the participants to grow weaker and not stronger and less intense. But when you're involved in the struggle or the fight that God wants you to be involved in, when you're fighting the good fight of faith, if I could say it that way, The Bible says that you wax more valiant in fight. You get stronger. i got news for the devil. I want to serve him. Notice he may have come with the intent of attacking this church. He may have came with the intent of causing some of us to stumble and fall more weak. But when we fight and struggle through and gain victory at the end of the day, we're going to be a stronger church. We're going to be a stronger people. We're going to have stronger prayer lives. We're going to have stronger, amen, moves of God and more powerful visitations of the Holy Ghost. We're going to be more committed than we've ever been. We're going to be more consecrated than we've ever been. We're going to come out of this, amen, not defeated, not diminished in any way, but a church that is strong and valiant in the fight. If you're looking for strength, if you're looking for hope, if you're looking, amen, for victory, if you're wanting God to help you, if you want your faith to grow, I'll tell you how to do it. Get involved in the fight. Get involved in the conflict. Don't, don't scare away from it. Lean into it and say, God, I want you to use me like you never have. I want to be involved in what you're doing. Oh, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Let's give him praise. As the battle rages on, these people grew stronger. September the 23rd, 1779, John Paul Jones was the captain of the Bohemian Richards, which was a fighting vessel in the fledgling Navy of America's, America's Navy. And uh, uh, he was asked to go and patrol in, in a certain area where it was just inundated with all kinds of British ships. And of course, they were much, much more equipped. Their ships had m- much more munitions on them. They were better sailing ships in the water. And uh, they were definitely uh, outnumbering the American Navy as far as in terms of ships or vessels themselves. And so he was engaged in a battle on that day at sea with a British captain, Richard Pearson, whose ship was called the Sherpasus. And uh, that ship came alongside and they began to have a volley of fire of cannons back and forth. And, of course, the British ship got the better of the Bohemia Richard the ship that John Paul Jones was the captain of. And they discontinued, and and it became so riddled and pummeled by cannon fire that it was destined to sink. And he instructed his men. He put out the command. He said, I want you to take this ship, and I want you to maneuver it as close to the British ship as you can. Most would have tried knowing the condition of the ship, knowing that it was going down, they would have tried to to, to to find safety, tried to flee, tried to for their lives' sake to get away, but instead he, he leaned into the situation and he maneuvered the ship or had his men maneuver the ship as close as he could and they threw out their lines, the ropes, and uh, tied them to this British ship. And uh, the men, the gunner uh, that was... On the deck of the ship when he saw this happening, he asked Captain John Paul Jones, Are you surrendering? Is this a sign of surrender? Are you courting away to surrender? And uh, John Paul Jones, history says, gathered himself. And he took two pistols that he had in his possession. And he threw them at that gunner. And he said those words that you've often heard quoted... He said, I've only begun to fight. I've only begun. This is only getting started. This is just where it begins. You, you may have taken from the holes in the ship and the ship being in a sinking condition that I was going to surrender. And he climbed aboard that boat. And at the end of the day, he commandeered that ship and took control of that ship. And the Americans won that skirmish that took place between them and that British ship. Can I tell you that if you'll lean into the struggle, if you'll lean into the conflict, greater is He that is within you. Oh, it's hard to see God work Amen. When you're when you're when you're allowing when you're allowing yourself to shrink back away from the spiritual conflicts of your life, but you will see God perform miracles when you get out there on the cutting edge. When you stand out there on the edge of things and say, "God, Amen. I want to believe you. I want to see you work in my life. I want to see you do. I want to wax valiant in the fight." Amen. You're you may feel like you're You've been battered and pummeled and riddled with holes and sinking. Oh, but I want to go on record and say the coronavirus isn't making the church weaker. It's making it stronger. The pandemic isn't diminishing the church. It's making it more powerful. Oh, people are getting back to the fight. They're getting back into prayer. Getting back into worship. Getting back into the Word. Getting back into the things of the Spirit. why don't you stand with me right now. Let's just worship Him and give Him praise. Come on, it's time to see it through the Word of God. It's time to understand it as the Lord wants us to understand it. 1 John chapter number 5 and verse 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. God never saved anyone with the intention that someday they would be lost. God never established the church that someday it would go down. Amen. God never established the church that someday it would diminish as the musicians come. But it's always intended that it just gets stronger and wax valiant in the fight. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. I want to consider that last phrase that is written there. Turn to flight the armies of aliens. Now you understand that word alien there is not talking about Martians and from Mars and any of that. It's talking about strangers in the land. And in this in this particular text it depicts an enemy of God. And you know that's an interesting thing that these People would come and infiltrate, and they would try to destroy and wreak havoc on the will of God. But it's interesting that the word armies here is translated to mean castles or camps in the Greek. A bastion, a stronghold, in other words. So it literally means that the enemy's camps have been routed. The enemy's castles have been ransacked. And the enemy's armies have been put on the run strongholds are overturned its bastions of power have been crushed and its walls have been breached and I like the phrase turn to flight it is apparent that the enemy attacked these people with the intent of wrecking havoc on them but by the time this story is over the plot has been twisted and it's turned around on them and they intended to destroy but they end up being destroyed those that intended to play ended up being plundered. Those that... De- Uh, was intended to decimate they ended up being turned around and sent back home I want to tell you the enemy may have come to depress and to tear down and to destroy he may have come to put fear in your heart he may have come to cause your faith to be diminished but I believe somebody's faith when this is all said and done is going to be stronger than it was when it began I would believe God at the end of all of this when it's all said and done God is going to prove to be strong in His church. I like what Isaiah 59 and 19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you, you know, you when a flood comes, it seems like man can do all he can do to try to keep it out. Keep it from saturating. Keep it from destroying. I've seen them down in Louisiana. They're piling up sandbags. and and People live down there on the Mississippi. They're trying. I'm going to tell you, when the mighty Mississippi gets ready to flood, not a whole lot you can do, right? So it's in the hands of God, in other words. That verse of Scripture comes to mind where it says the heart of the king is like... The currents of a river in the hands of God. He's the one that directs it. Can I tell you that when he gets ready to raise up a standard, when he puts when he puts a flood wall of resistance up, the enemy, no matter how it tries to saturate and destroy and tries to seep in, it can't. I'm gonna tell you when God protects something, you don't want to be on the wrong side of what God is trying to protect and defend. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's going to raise up a standard. And the Bible said in this long war that was going on between the house of David, which represents that young king that had been freshly anointed by God to lead God's people, and a man that had lost his anointing and became an enemy to God's anointing, and out of jealousy and envy was trying to destroy him, and there was a long war. The Bible said between these two houses, or these two armies, if you want to say it that way, these two people, who was with one of them or the other, there was a long war that was going on. But the Scripture says, as the war progressed, it looked like everybody would have gotten more tired, more weary. It looked like everybody's strength would have diminished and sagged have been weakened not the case with David as the war lingered he just got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger I'm going to tell you if you've been knocked down get back up Amen. Get back to the prayer room. Get back in the fight. You've been knocked down, get back up. Shake and dust off your faith and make up your mind. God didn't intend for me to stay down, He intended for me to get stronger through this. Anybody that wants your faith to be strengthened and touched during this time. I want you to come down here to the front. I know know that we've got to kind of spread out and whatever we need to do, you do that. But let's come down in response to the Word of God. Let's come down in response to what God is doing in this house. And let's lift up our voice to the Word of God. I want it to be implemented in my heart. I want God to touch me in the deep of my spirit. I want God to strengthen me and help me and bless and minister to me. Come on, let's talk to him right now. Come on, let's talk to him right now. God's going to strengthen some folks. God's going to help some people. God is going to help some people. When you walk out of here, you're going to walk out of here feeling stronger. You're going to wax valiant. I said, you're going to wax valiant in the fight. You're not going down. You're coming up. I said, you're not going down. You're coming up. Let's worship the Lord as they begin to sing. Listen, your voice is seen for joy.